Hello, what's up Facebook Live, what's up Spreaker, welcome to Imagination, this is Chris Nelson, it is May 6, 2019, and I want to wrap up a series on becoming more attractive like Jesus and uh, talking about how we can look back to Jesus' life when he was a kid and then growing up and then how he acted and the kind of characteristics he displayed and how that can teach us men how to be a more attractive man, how to be more attractive to the opposite sex, because that's what we all want to know, right? Now, I want to talk about a new channel that I'm starting. I've been talking about this for a while, but I'm st- I launched the Masculine Christian channel on YouTube. I hope you go on and subscribe, because lately I've had a lot of desire to talk directly to men and talk about some man issues, because I see a big lack of that in society, a lack of that even in the church, and where men are teaching younger men how to be men, how it, it what it means to be a man, how to be a successful man. Oh, first, that it's not only okay to be a man, but that it's good to be a man. And today, let's just face it, most men are raised by women today and aren't given an idea given a concept of what it is to be a man and taught how to be a man and how how that can cause them to have struggles later in life and to have frustrations and to have insecurities, anxiety, addiction. I wonder where all this anxiety in men comes from. Like, where does this come from? Because I don't believe the chemical imbalance theory. I don't believe the disorder theory, okay? Everything being called a disorder and that, oh, you were just born that way. We need medication for it. And this is just some kind of chemical imbalance. No, because hundreds of years ago, you didn't have that. It's, It's a relatively new phenomenon that this is happening. So why is everybody so anxious? Why is there, why is there so many people stressed out? Why do we have this addiction epidemic going on? And I think it comes down to a lot that men are not taught how to be men and how to handle their emotions and deal with their emotions. Um, they're being coddled. And uh, but, but I still wanted to keep uh, imagination going, keep this going. And I want to tell you where this uh, particular podcast is going because I'm going to keep doing this on Facebook live and on Spreaker every Monday at 8, okay, so you can count on it, every Monday at 8, right here, Imagination, and as my desire to uplift and to give a good, positive, uplifting message from from God is, has not gone away, and I want to do that right here on Imagination, because the, the subline of Imagination is, imagine how it could be. All right, not ta- not say it how it is, but imagine how it could be, because there is a whole world that we can we can create if we follow what God says to do, and if we uh, live our lives in a way that that God tells us to live, that there's and treat people the way God tr- tells us to treat people. We can live, we can create a world that uh, that is pretty good. It's never going to be perfect. But if we live the way God told us to live and live the way the early church did, we can create a great world. But I wanted to have an outlet where I could talk more to the men, talk more about men's issues. And today, um, I'm going to wrap up a series. And I wanted to, to read a little bit about 
a book I'm writing from a book that I'm writing, and it goes back to Jesus as a child and how Jesus was raised because the way Jesus was raised can give us clues as to why he was a well-adjusted man. Because remember, he was 100% man and 100% God. You don't take away the 100% man. He was raised right. He was raised by a mother and a father. And I want to talk about when Jesus was 12, right out of Luke 2.39 through 52. And this gives us a very great example. This tells us exactly how Jesus became the well-adjusted masculine male that he became, which is what women want. Women go after an attractive masculine male. Let me first preface this with nowhere in scripture does it talk about what Jesus looked like, nor did Jesus have tons of money. So the guys out there that think that, oh, it's just about looks and money. Looks and money can get you a date. They can get you, um, they, they can get that thing to start, the attraction to start. But man, I've heard some horror stories, man, about, about like a girl who was using this guy with all this money and looks while she was still having sex with her broke boyfriend. And they were just taking advantage of this guy. So the, the idea that... That looks and money are everything is totally not the not the case. Looks and money can can cause problems if you're not wise. And in Luke Luke two thirty nine through fifty two, it says, "When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, and they returned to Galilee in their own town of Nazareth, and the child grew and became strong, he was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him." The child grew and became strong, okay? That word strong, strong physically, strong mentally. This is an area that is not being taught to young boys, how to be strong mentally. And this ties in with exactly how to be a more attractive man because the more attractive man, the woman goes, the good woman goes for the man that is strong mentally, that that can handle great stress, under pressure. And that goes back to being the protector of the family. A a guy that's going to be caving into his emotions all the time and isn't mentally strong is not going to be able to protect and defend the children. So whether you believe in creation or evolution, either way, it's that that, that that mental strength is so necessary for a man to defend children. And a woman is going to be attracted to a man who has the characteristics who can defend her children. So it says right there that the child grew and became strong. And this is strong both physically and mentally. Now, this, now, it goes on to tell a little story here, and then I want to get into the final characteristics that Jesus exhibited as to how to be a, an attractive man, attractive to women, and, uh, and, and wrap this series up. But I want to start here with a story about Jesus at the temple. This is the only time we hear about Jesus as a child. But it says, every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem for the festival of Passover. When he was 12 years old, They went up to the festival according to the custom. After the festival was over, while his parents were returning home, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. But they were unaware of it. All right, think about this. I mean, they didn't know he was gone. 
I'm sure Mary was freaking out a little bit, but I'm telling you, I see kids in the store today that like they barely go out of their mother's sight or they barely do. They pick up something and he goes, don't do this. Don't do that. Don't, no, put that down. No, be quiet. No, stop it. No, no, get back here. No, no. Oh my goodness. Where did he go? And this, just this overprotectiveness. Let me tell you, let me tell you, mother, that is, that is destroying your little guy's confidence when you do that. It is. You, you are destroy. You are slowly strangling out his his self confidence. He's going to grow up just this anxious little ball of anxiety. For real, you doing that to him? I know that you care. I know you. I mean, I think our society has just watched a little too much Law and Order SVU. I mean, we think that there's a that there's a, a pedophile hanging around every corner, just waiting to jump out and snatch up your child, and and that, that everybody's got bad intentions everywhere you go, and 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 that 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 if you let your child out of your sight for five seconds, he's gonna something horrible is gonna happen to him. But okay. That does happen sometimes, and but it's, and if you watch a steady diet of television and the news, you're going to think it happens a lot more than it does. Most of the time, it doesn't happen. And what we're doing with this overprotective, overprotectiveness, especially from the mother, is you're destroying that that little boy's belief in himself it, because he, he by by doing that by and by coddling him, coddling a child is the, the is child abuse. I think that should be right in the category of child abuse, over coddling. Oh, it's okay, little guy. No, you gotta let that. That I want. I want this to turn into a rant. It kind of is. All right, fine. But when you do that, when you when you coddle a child, and you're you're just just oh, oh, baby, it's it's okay. No, you need to let that boy feel those emotions. All right, we live in a society today that 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 does not to- negative emotions are not tolerated. God forbid you feel any bad emotions because, um, and and if you do, they're medicated or what is wrong with you? Or we got to get to the bottom of this. Why are you having these emotions? Well, uh, negative emotions serve a purpose. They serve a very clear purpose that is completely disregarded in our society today. It's, it's okay. Am I, I'm feeling depressed. Okay. Well, why are you feeling depressed? Well, you know, I just um I I just cheated on my test. I uh just stole something and um I um I I I, I did some horrible things. And so now I'm depressed. Like, okay, well, if you look at it a lot of times it goes back to a certain set of behaviors that should be changed. Okay, well, that's why you're feeling depressed. You just strangled your best friend and chopped up his body and threw it in the ocean. Okay, that's why you're feeling upset inside. Okay, well, there you go. And and these these emotions are being they're being told that no, it's not okay to have negative emotions. Well, having negative emotions is important and then learning how to deal with them and then you and then going, "Okay, I don't want to feel that again." So I'm not going to engage in the behaviors that cause those emotions. And, and, and years and years of medicating bad emotions, they create a monster. And you see them. You see them. These guys that have drank their and medicated their emotions away, they become the most narcissistic, um, just evil people. Because never having to deal with those emotions, or they just become uh, losers. 
because uh, they never dealt with negative emotions or they dealt with them in a way that stuffed them down. So now they, they don't care about themselves or anybody else and they don't care enough to, to make their circumstances better. One thing that caused negative emotions with me was just the fact that, well, look what I've amounted to in my life. Years of pot smoking, uh, years of drinking, to just sh- years of antidepressant use and, and use of other medications, just shelving those emotions uh, that you can go, just the years and the time can end up going by and you've amounted to nothing. And then, and then what kind of coddling is going to help you at that point? So I go back to the story and um, thinking he was in their company, they traveled for a day when they began looking for him among their relatives and friends. See, this shows me Mary and Joseph were good parents because they weren't freaking out after not seeing Jesus for five minutes. Oh my goodness, where is he? Ah, you know, they weren't freaking out. They went a while and they didn't even realize he wasn't there. They trusted the young man. They had faith in him. They had, see, they had taught him enough that by 12 years old, if he disappeared, they knew they didn't have to go into freak out mode. Okay. And it wasn't just because he was the son of God. I'm telling you, these were good parents. Joseph, I can tell not much is said about Joseph in the Bible, but this is a strong father here who taught, they, it even says it up here. They raised up their child. Well, the child grew and became strong, mentally, physically strong by 12 he was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was on him. Filled with wisdom. So when he disappeared, they didn't go into freak out mode. Okay? But how many mothers today would, would lose their minds and think that's being a good mother? So after three days, they found him in the temple. Oh, when they did not find him, they went back to Jerusalem to look for him. After three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. This is a boy who was raised upright. Listen to this. After three days, they found him in the temple courts. What was he doing? Sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Here is a 12-year-old boy who was raised right okay he could disappear and where was he, what was he doing behaving himself listen everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers when his parents saw him they were astonished his mother said to him why have you treated us like this your father and i have been anxiously searching for you okay so she was a little upset okay that's understandable all right they were they were a little worried about him But listen to what Jesus says. Why were you searching for me? He asked. Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? But they did not understand what he was saying to them. Of course, he meant his father, God. They didn't. God had not been referred to as the father yet. Okay. They, so we called God father today, but back then that was unheard of. You didn't call God father. You call him Lord. You call him majesty. He's saying, be in my father's house. But listen, then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to him. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. She was a good mother. Good mother, good father, strong mother, strong father. Joseph, strong father. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and favor with God and man. I wanted to tell that a little bit because today, as I write in my book, today Jesus would have been 
uh, put on, he would have been taken away by, but if these were that your typical American was your typical American mother, Mary, she would have taken him, um, reprimanded him, had him placed on medication, um, taken to a psychiatrist diagnosed as bipolar anxiety, um, ADD probably, because if he, why would he be in the temple if he didn't have ADD? He must, he must have something wrong with him. We, we must, we have to treat him. We have to treat him because this, this, this behavior is bad. And, and, uh, if this was today, then it would have, then Jesus would have grown up from then on out believing that there was, that he was defective, that there was something wrong with him. Um, and he would have been reprimanded. And from that point on, it would have been brought up over and over again. Do you remember what you did in the temple? And he would have been, and then he would have grown up to be an anxious, medicated, mess which is a lot of the men we have today because of what parents are doing to their kids when they're young but what happened take this as a great teaching lesson parents with your kids all right what happened mary was and joseph were searching for him anxiously but what did they do when they found him they were astonished but what did mary do it says in verse 51 after the fact Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. Jesus obeyed them. They didn't freak out. They didn't need to lock him in a cage and put him on medication and have him sent to psychiatrists and and therapy and all this other nonsense that we do with kids today. But his mother treasured all these things in her heart. Her mother, the mother was proud, proud of her son. He left left her but what was he doing listening hearing the teaching and teaching the teachers and then jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with god and man and i will tell you this this is how you become an attractive man this is how you become attractive to women guys this um you wonder what is it that a woman wants what attracts her well here's the thing here's one of the things grew in stature and in favor with God and man. One of the most attractive qualities that a man can put out to a woman is being in favor in his community with other people he's looked up to. This is like, and you, you think it's all money, but this, this is bigger. This is, uh, when, when you are a, a leader in your community and your community looks up to you, women are attracted to you like crazy. Okay? And, um... For those joining new, this is the way I'm couching this, the way I'm, t- I'm describing this, is I, I realize that there are a lot of similarities between Jesus' behavior and what the nat- what women are naturally attracted to. And while Jesus was on earth, he was on a very specific mission. He wasn't womanizing, he was, but he was displaying the character. I bet it took all the disciples... He, the reason he had 12 disciples, I think, was probably to keep the women back from him because the what, what Jesus was exhibiting were extremely attractive qualities that, that women are very strongly attracted to. So being held in high regard with others. This is huge. Another uh, attractive quality that Jesus had that is very attracted to women, he did not tolerate bad behavior from anyone. This is one today that we're... Men are being taught to just be walked all over, that uh, we, we're being taught to be women. Men are being trained to be women. 
go along to get along. What we want to do is to not ruffle feathers. What we want to do is to uh, just when somebody is acting up and being being a, a real problem, we just want to okay, just back down in order in order so everything ends peacefully. Because the last thing we want is any violence. The last thing we want are punches thrown or anything like that. So men, so men aren't standing up. Men are being taught to be like women. Whereas women, what women do is they're, they're automatically predispositioned to want to negotiate and want to not have, want to get things, everybody, want everybody to get along. Men, on the other hand, we're, we're, we're in charge of the advancement of society or the advancement. Of, I, I want to play this. Uh, I want to say this right. When when we're going in to take land, who are you putting on the front lines? If you're a good, you're putting the men on the front lines, okay? Women, do you really want to be on the front lines? No, men need to be on the front lines, and that requires a, not just going along to get along. And this is one thing that Jesus um, exhibited when he was dealing with the money changers in the temple. He ran them off. He, this is an example of of not tolerating bad behavior. Because if bad behavior is just tolerated everywhere, the bad will overrun the good in a society, and a society will collapse. And whose responsibility is it to not tolerate that behavior? That's the man's responsibility. And boy, when you can stand up for yourself, when you can stand up and say, that is wrong, and I'm going to do something about it, like Jesus did with the money changers, ripping everybody off in the temple. Like he did too when he defended, uh, a lot of times you had these religious leaders bringing some woman before Jesus and wanting him to like execute her. For, and, and this is behavior, and which one of them was, was the one that, because when, when, like with the woman caught in adultery, the way it was with the law of Moses is both of them had to be stoned. It wasn't just the one, but they come and they want him to secretly stone her without a trial. And they're behaving badly. And he, and he eloquently puts them in their place. But when he did that too, see, he was being—he was at risk of being stoned himself. Jesus was in, uh, Jesus was in the the line of fire, a lot. And this brings me to the next point of what uh, of the attractive characteristic that Jesus portrayed when he was on earth, and that is he had courage. Jesus had courage. This is not a word that we tell people today to have anymore. All right. This is a word that's used in war. In World War II, World War One, this was huge because when you had courage, that meant you had your emotions under control. And when you were being fired at, instead of fight or flight, instead of just running like a coward, because the opposite of courage is a coward. A coward gives into his emotions and runs away. But but you, when you have courage, you can have those bullets flying at you, and then have the wherewithal to figure out where the guy is, cover your buddies. And take him out. All right. So in wartime, courage was big. You got hung for cowardice. You got killed. Like that was huge. But today, cowardice is tolerated among men today in in an amazing, in an astonishing uh, level. 
Like, it's almost, cowardice is almost celebrated. It's like, you know, if you have an active shooter, you know, run and hide somewhere. You know, if you have an, no, if you've got an active shooter somewhere, you as a man, it is your duty to defend the women, defend the children, try to find the SOB and take them out. That is your man, your duty as a man. Okay? There would be a lot less active shooters if they knew that they were, that that bad abhorrent behavior was not going to be tolerated but now what do we do with active shooters today we we go after the fact we go oh well what what is their problem you know what is their chemical imbalance what is were they hearing voices maybe oh they must be crazy oh we can't we can't execute them because no let me tell you if somebody walks into a school and shoots up that school that man should be put to death for that okay that is intolerable in society Okay, and I go off on another little tangent here, but but cowardice is becoming it, it's it's just not something that you hear about as much anymore at all. Having courage. And this is where and having courage doesn't mean lacking emotions, okay? You courage means that you have the emotions but you have them under control. Jesus wept in the garden of Gethsemane. Jesus uh had emotions. He showed emotions on multiple occasions. So it wasn't like he just was this emotionless guy. He had emotions, but but the courage means that you overcome those emotions. This is when a firefighter runs into a burning building. This is when somebody dares to jump in front of that active shooter and risk his life to defend others. That is what courage is. And that's what Jesus did. He laid his life down to defend others. He was constantly being tested, constantly being tried to, the, they tried to put him to death many times before they actually did it. He was putting himself in mortal danger, but for the benefit of others, he was going forward with it anyway and not allowing his emotions to control him. Courage is defined as strength in the face of pain or grief, and the ability to do something that frightens somebody. So it doesn't mean that you are not frightened. You can be scared to death, but you take that feeling, you put it to the side, and you push forward. This is one thing that you that young boys should be should have this drilled into them, that as a man, because those, those little boys are going to grow up to be a man one day. All right, and what what should be drilled in them beyond the fact that this just makes them super hot to women is that they should it should be drilled in them that that you lay down your life, you be ready to lay down your life for others and to be courageous and risk great physical harm, be willing to put your emotions aside for the benefit of others. This makes you a high-value man. There are high-value men and there are low-value men. It is just the way it is. All right? And another thing, with, with men that are super attractive, you don't complain about just the way things are. Believe me, I, I've wanted to do this. I've done this before where it's like you're – it's like shaking your fists at a thunderstorm and going, why don't – why do you have to be raining right now? It's It's just – 
there's just some things that that are the way things are. Some society is not equal, nor will it ever be. We will never be equal with each other. There are advantages. There are people that have advantages over others. There are grossly unfair situations everywhere you look. But part of being a man is to be able to say, okay, these this is the playing field. This is the way it is, and then accepting it. Wait a minute. That's in the serenity prayer. Accepting as Jesus did, this sinful world as it is, not as I would have it. You know what? I hate it because the serenity prayer has turned into a platitude. I posted this earlier that platitudes don't help me. The truth helps me. But uh, and what? But platitudes, the thing with platitudes is they usually start out as something that's very helpful, very true, but you recite them so many times. God is good all the time, all the time. God is good. You recite them so many times that they begin to completely lack meaning. This is why it's important to look at Bible verses from every different translation. So you can go back and go, okay, now it has more meaning to me because you've recited something so many times that it starts to lack meaning. That's when a platitude... Uh, becomes useless, and um, but that it, if you think about it, that's exactly what I'm describing here. Taking this world as it is, not as I would have it. You know what that means? That means that this guy has a lot of money, has a lot of houses, and he gets the hotter girl. Okay, the hotter, more high value girl. Okay, that's fine. I'm not going to be angry about that because. She's naturally going to want a man who can help, who can have a good environment to raise her children in. And if I don't have that right now, okay, maybe I can strive to get that. But it just, but high value men don't whine about the way things are, and uh, and. and and they accept things, accepting this world as it is, not as I would have it. Trusting that God, that you will make all things right if I surrender to your will. So there's a lot of power in that serenity prayer if you actually listen to the words and don't just repeat it so many times that it becomes a useless platitude. So the next thing is Jesus took care of his bros and his loved ones. Jesus took care of the people around him whom he loved. He... Made sure they were always fed, taken care of. He put them first. He cared about the people around him. He made people, he, he, he made sure his bros and his people were taken care of. I mean, this is huge. Today, it's, it's not, today you don't, that, that's not as popular anymore. Now it's like, okay, if I can just put you down to get ahead a little bit then that's all right. But Jesus had his inner circle, and not everybody was in his inner circle either. There were times where Jesus said, no, you go. You go and tell what I've done with you today. But he, he kept his, clo- his circle tight, and he took care of his, of his circle of friends. He always made sure that they were taken care of, that they were, that, that they were cared for, that they were cared about. And this is a very attractive quality that women look look for in a man. What? Who? How do you treat your guy friends? How do you treat the guys that are close to you? Do you have those close bonds? 
Because that's so important. Do you have, do you have a close knit circle of friends and how do you treat them? How do you act towards them? Do you really truly look out for each other? And will you put their needs above another person's needs? Because a woman, when you're going to be a, a father to her children, she needs to know that you're going to be placing her needs and the child's needs above other people's needs. And if you are just, uh, wishy washy and the air about being about taking care of your family and the ones closest to you and and you let people walk all over you she's going to hone in on that and, and that's going to turn her off in a huge way so so learn from jesus that jesus took care and 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 was was nourishing to the ones that were closest to him the next one jesus was powerful and decisive but he was humble at the same time powerful healing people um people followed him and he he was he spoke with great authority every time he spoke with authority even when it came to the religious religious leaders who were older than him jesus always spoke with authority and this was the one thing that that had people going what what's what is it with this guy he speaks with authority he was powerful decisive one I will struggle with till the day I die, I think. But I, we are doing this. Okay, here's what we're doing. This is what we're doing. Let's go. Decisiveness, extremely attractive quality. But he was humble. Believe it or not, being humble, humility, putting others before you, putting your others' needs before you is an extremely attractive quality. Anybody, you'll hear a lot of times people telling you that you've got to be kind of a, kind of a blank, you know, kind of. I don't kind of a, a jerk to 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 be attracted to women. That's true in, in a way, but it's not it's not what you think. That actually, guys, that will show great because humility takes strength. Humility takes great strength, and a lot of times, you, humility is not being pushed around. People think that that's why it's so important to look up definitions of words, like the word meek. Like like it, people think that words mean one thing, and then they'll go and go, oh well, I'm being humble and meek. That means I'm just allowing everybody to push me around and and just basically allowing other people's will to supersede my will. That means being humble and meek when it's the exact opposite. Being meek meaning having your emotions and your strength under control. That's what being meek is. Being humble is putting the needs of others before your own needs, which takes great strength. And it actually takes great not backing down to other people and wanting to impose their will on you. It means a great, um, a great inner strength that you have to be humble, to be genuinely humble. And and a woman sees that in you, and that that is just one little act, and that's that that's a very attractive quality. Jesus was always comfortable to be around, and this is the last point. And we are going to wrap up this series. And we'll have a new series coming next week. But uh, Jesus is always comfortable to be around. He was chill. He was a chilled out, relaxed, not stressed out all the time guy. Even in the face of mortal danger, when they're waking him up in the boat, and Jesus, we're going to die, it's storming. He's just chill and totally relaxed about it. In all these situations, Jesus never panicked. He, there was never a time you will ever see where Jesus went in a panic freakout mode. 
he was always chill. He always, even in the face of things that would make a lot of guys become extremely emotionally flustered, he always remained chill and was always very comfortable to be around. And what's the evidence of that? People always wanted to be around him. So if you can be that guy that's chill, confident, humble, easy to be around, a leader, um, doesn't allow people to push him around, but but looks out for the well-being of the people closest to him and puts their needs above others' needs and uh, has the ability to stand for what's right and not and having courage, not a coward. Some of you does not tolerate bad behavior from others because you're putting the people closest to you first. You will be a very, if you can follow these and listen to these, listen to, if you've only listened to part three, go back and up on Spreaker and iTunes. Okay. You can listen to parts one, two, and three on Spreaker and iTunes. Um, you can hear this show on Google podcasts, go back and listen to the old less old ones. Um, there's a lot of good stuff on there. And uh, write me a review on iTunes. If you like this show, write a review. If you like the show, um, leave a thumbs up or you can leave a thumbs up. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on uh, Google Podcasts. And wrapping up, attraction, attraction is not a choice. It's something that just happens naturally. People are just attracted naturally to people. Do you notice that? And nowhere is Jesus looks mentioned or, and he never had a whole bunch of money. But people were naturally attracted to him. Do you notice those guys that women are just naturally attracted to? What are they doing? And what I did was I studied this and I matched it up and I was like, well, this, 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 this sounds like Jesus a lot. And it's like, wow, he really showed in his life on earth how to be an attractive man. So tra- attraction is something that that is just that is just that that comes naturally when you exhibit a certain set of characteristics. So go back, listen to parts one and two if you haven't yet, and uh, get this stuff deep down in your soul. And remember, it's not about the stuff on the outside. It's not about the toys. It's not about what you got. It's the substance that matters. What are you made of? This is Chris Nelson. Thanks for listening.